And the guy says, just get a monkey and torture the hell out of it. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we begin today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, you are now listening to The Devil's Advocate, where every devil has his or her day. I'm Nick Stack, tristack.github.io and sustainablehealthwealth.com, and with me as always is Kenny Barton. Kenny, say hi. Present. Yes. Our mission statement is to shed light on and discuss all issues, great and small, with the idea that by doing so, we can entertain, enlighten, educate, and help others in all areas of their lives and ours, and to have fun while doing so. That's a tall order, Nick. It is, but I think we deliver, and then some. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. <laughs> so, and for no extra charge. And for no extra charge. So so today's, uh, oh, I do have They one. call that Sabi Sizangyo here in Japan. Do they really? No, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what French. That's working free overtime. Oh. <laughs> free overtime. <laughs> they do that a lot here in Japan, too. Um, just kind of an outline for today. We're going to open with banter. Uh, and then we've got a, a witty banter. <laughs> witty banter. We've got a follow up for I don't have anything for life and Japan's got a follow up and book report. Then today's topic is choices. Now I I understand. I hear what you're saying, public. Last time you said you were going to talk about choices, you talked about psychology for 30 minutes. Well, we talked about something, and we talked about choices as well. So this is a, kind of a, a rehash at that. We will talk about psychology next week. So kind of a basic overview: choices, how to make them, what techniques can you use. Um, we're going to go over some some techniques for that. How to hack it, for example, rate your ratings. A, a very interesting thread is choices we regret and why. Like Ken said, I think we could both fill an episode alone on that one. Wow, like this, a season. If yeah. there was a season of this podcast, it would. I could. We fill could it. dedicate mm-hmm. it just to that. Yeah, and then the last one is get the lesson and via that vis a vis quid pro quo. Our participation <laughs> trophies, okay, because they, they, they do correlate. I'll explain why later. You, you mean, you mean like, thir- like you're going to talk about get the lesson through the idea of participation trophies. Oh, I still want to talk. Not, not, d- d- not d- d- like making a trade for Well, my thing is, trophy. when is a participation trophy bad or good? For example, well, let's save it. We'll save it for the show. Save it for the, save it for the show. For the show, man. Yeah, what's um, in the show is in the show. So, Life in Japan. Huh. White Christmas follow-up. Go yeah, ahead, we, we, This is interesting. Uh, we, it's more interesting than monkey torture, eh? <laughs> a while ago, we did a, an episode on drugs. It was a, a white Christmas, mm. and it also correlated with Christmas. Mm. And recently, I had some follow-up, some feedback mm. from a listener uh, who I, I, I did not get permission to name. So I'm just going to say that a listener gave me some feedback. You should make up a name. Bobby. Mm. Or Chewbacca. Or Or Oprah. Chewy. Chewy. Uh, But anyway, um, this listener said that uh, in Oklahoma, the drug laws have changed quite a bit and that now they are able to get, you know, uh, medical marijuana cards and take edibles or or smokables. So I I think that's really interesting because Oklahoma is such a Republican conservative state I mean, it's kind of the way that the whole nation is going, but I thought Oklahoma would be like the 49th or 50th state oh, to I do that. I guarantee South Dakota is going to get you on that one. Yeah. Um, this kind of, it's really interesting. I'm really proud of us. I'm just trying to find a world clock here with Tokyo on it. New York, Paris, Tokyo time. There we go. Um, uh, one of our episodes, we talked about how, for example, if drugs were legal, would you do them? And my worry was... 
like for example, if heroin was legal, would that cause someone who might be? I think the example was, was was would stupid Johnny because heroin was now legal do it? And in your argument, and I think the consensus is no. Any more than that just doesn't interest me. The only thing that would happen is Johnny would probably end up doing it anyway and under bad conditions. Has the person who wrote in, the listener, has it increased their desire to do it more often? Sorry, I meant like I think I put it recreationally. No, I think okay. uh, this. I mean, person, of course, if it's I for medical reasons, the listener reason, yeah. has uh, uh. only participated in marijuana to the extent that it helps the condition that they have. Okay. No, the reason I asked that is it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's I know I, the, yeah. the person didn't just uh, like become Snoop Dogg overnight. Okay, that's thank you. That's that's one answer. And then the reason I asked it is like Bill Maher in California when it first became legal, which was, I would be Snoop Dogg. I, exactly. <laughs> See, I don't know that I would because I'm afraid to smoke these days. Yeah, it, it's it's really scary. really strong. I don't. Yeah. I haven't. Oh my god, yeah. But I heard that Snoop Dogg actually has he hires someone that just follows him around and rolls blunts for him. A life of the rich, dude. But at the same time, that's not a great thing either. Snoop Dogg could be doing more with his life than that. I mean, honestly, I'd say the same thing about a Snoop Dogg had somebody to pour him champagne everywhere he went. I'm glad you're employing someone, but can't we do a little bit better than that, Snoop Dogg? Well, sure. And I, I mean, challenge you, Snoop Dogg. You come to, on the show and you you defend yourself. We'd, we'd love it if you It goes back did. to what we talked about on the episode, uh-huh. which was uh, people who uh, you know s- take drugs every day could stand to do less. Mm. And the people who are absolutely like teetotalers about it could stand uh, to could do, stand it to do a, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then there are a bunch of people that have made up medical reasons because they want to smoke for social reasons too. So oh I just, sure, I yeah. Oh but, my back hurts. Yeah. Or oh, I've got a cheap, whatever meniscus. Um, I don't know if meniscus is a is a body part. It is. <laughs> what is it? Wait, is no. I? Wait. Am I thinking? What's the? What, there's a part of your Did knee. Did we just that describe a, a circle? No. No. A meniscus mini- tear. Yeah, it's a tendon in your knee. Tendon. In your meniscus tear. I think. But meniscus is also. I know. I know. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Show notes. Wow. That's why God invented show notes. This is this is how we don't get, make any progress on a show. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, thank you to our listener. Yes. And uh, it was it was we appreciate the feedback and the follow. I should explain. I just if you are a friend of the show, I, I a listener call you a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. So I sorry to mean by that. Very and let, please let I, us know if you if you want us to use your name. Yes. Yes. Love that. And um, I would also like to discuss at some point what's. C, I keep calling it a long name. CBD oil, CBD. That's a little I know about it. CBD, CBD oil, CBD. which is cannabis something. Cannabidiol. Cannabidiol. I'd love to find out more about that. If anybody has information about that, we'd love to hear from. Yeah, them. I know, right? Because for what I understand, that is basically all of the medical goodness of marijuana without the getting high part. Now that I would love to try, because mm-hmm. I am just petrified of getting high. But it's, um, yeah, that would be good. So yes, yes. Today, progress. We shall. Soldier on. Book reports. Reading a new Malcolm Gladwell books. I have now, I think, read all of his books many times each tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also, even on Audible, you can find a group of his, he's a former writer for, I believe, the New York Times for a number of years. He's Canadian. He's actually half black, half, half uh, Canadian. Uh, he has, he's got some great TED Talks out there. Yeah, right? he One really on does. Spaghetti sauce and. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the ketchup and just, just all these I showed that to my and, students at the university recently. Oh, they, wow. How did they like oh, it? Well, I, I think that they, they didn't really... Was it really, too technical for them? No, they just didn't understand, like... Uh, they didn't understand the, the point of people not knowing what they actually want. 
um, I think in, in you know the 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 thing in spaghetti in the spaghetti sauce TED talk was that, and here we go down another rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, the thing about the spaghetti sauce TED talk was that bef- before this person came, before this person entered the scene, there was just two spaghetti sauces, and they were both like soupy. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, that, okay. and then this guy comes in and he he does like all this testing and said, "There's no perfect spaghetti sauce. There's perfect spaghetti sauces." And so he kind of uh, did all this testing and found, you know, f- like I think it was like 42 different kinds of spaghetti sauce that that people really loved. Right. And that's why we went from like prego and ragu being the only two on the shelf to now we have like so many different sauces, arrabbiatas right. and like super chunky and. And Specialty old world sauces, style, yeah. and yeah, so uh, they they didn't understand that. I think it, because maybe in Japan we're still in the prego and ragu era. I boy, 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 maybe this will be my life in Japan. But the people in Japan, like my family, would eat rice miso soup and eggs for breakfast every day of their lives, and not bat an eye. Yeah, I know. It's just like I'm like, don't you guys want variety? I think to them, it's it's again, it's a very different culture. It's about be, getting along. There's a high, uh, high context, I believe, is a technical word. So I'm not surprised by that, but I, I'm glad that they are trying new spaghetti sauce these days. Anyways, Malcolm Gladwell's book, and I will talk more about him later. Uh, remind me of the ketchup story of Malcolm Gladwell someday. Yeah, mm. um, his latest book is called Talking with Strangers, and he wanted. It basically, I thought this on the Joe Rogan podcast. He just wanted to do a book about why people are so bad at making choices hmm. and why are we such uh, through that? I should say, I think this direct quote was why we are so bad at judging character, which to me is making choices. So, some examples he talked about were Bernie Madoff. Why didn't we spot this guy right from the very beginning? Or we talked about psychology. Do you remember that experiment in the, I think it was 50s or 60s, when it was about authoritarian power and um, the Stanford prison? The Stanford, the, 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 they would pretend to give people electric shocks no matter oh, how much oh, people oh. screamed. Yes. That one. Yes. You know the name of it? Yeah, I do. It was. Um, Use that big brain, Kenny. It's not Maslow. It's whole, something like that. It's, it's, I'm sure most people have heard of it. I'm sure if you're listening to us, you've heard of it because that's sort of the kind of thing we're into. But Kenny's going to Google it quick. Mm-hmm. I've, a, I've I, challenged his intellect. Geez. And it's, it's basically, if somebody tells you to do something, even if you know it's wrong, generally you will listen to authority. And then the third, uh, there's many examples, but another one was the gymnastics doctor who was molesting his uh, Oh, the Stanley Milgram. Stanley Milgram test. Thank you so much. And for example, he talked about with that cycle, psycholo- the Stanley Milgram one, the shock test, mm-hmm. let's call it. Mm-hmm. His thing was uh, why, not only just why did people do it, but how come nobody spotted it? I mean, think about it. You're going to get asked to torture somebody in, like, think of the red flags that should have been there. It's a psychological department, psychological experiment. You know that. You know you're getting paid for it. Hmm. How come this doesn't register with people? Right. And it turns out basically people have what's called a, a bias to truth. We generally, by human nature, come out believing people are true. And he gets into that a bit evolutionary, evolutionarily wise. Maybe it was because it was faster. But he even brought up in the beginning of the book, how come we don't spot this better? You think that would be a good, like jealousy, for mm-hmm. example. I think social scientists have proven that is a very, very genetic thing. And some point in time, people didn't feel jealous and their culture just died out. Right. Huh. So, you know, why or why not? And, and I'll get to this. Just So the most interesting thing I thought was men and women, while well, they're getting tortured. And it's a great book. I'm not going to lie, people. This one's much darker than usual. Mm. I mean, there's some things that are just hard to listen to, uh, quite frankly, and really makes me upset at humanity. But generally, if one of the oldest forms of, of torture to get somebody to talk, 
is one, you don't want to hurt the person because that's kind of like killing the golden egg, right. the, the golden goose. So, for example, if Kenny and Nick get captured and they want Nick to tell um, something, they might very well bring Kenny out and say, if you don't tell me, I'm going to punch Kenny right in the nose. Hmm. Okay. Now, that has a, a higher effect of response from men than women. And to make it even harder for men, if they bring out a woman prisoner and say, I'm going to, you know, R her, do something really right, bad to her, right. men will almost, I think it's 60% of the time, will break, will, will give in. Yeah. Whereas women, the other, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, very, very pragmatic about it. Nope. 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 And so they asked some women soldiers uh, who were, this was at a training site somewhere in America for people that are getting trained in type of missions where if they get caught, they'll probably get tortured. And they interviewed the women, like, why not? And she just said, think about it. If they drag me out by my hair, bring me in front of you and say, I'm, I'm going to rape her, you know, maybe they, they do it once, but if they know it doesn't work, they won't probably do it again. But if they know it works, they're going to do it every that's gonna be time. The, that's going to be the new thing. Right. I thought that was very, very interesting how in America, minorities are much more brand conscious than Caucasians. Or yeah, and women a lot of times black voters too are very much more pragmatic about things than than white anglosexual heterosexuals are. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So on that happy note, I love it. Yeah, good job. Choices. Actually, getting to the, the topic today, so we're off to a banging start. Wow. Weird. Uh, how to make how, them, how many minutes are we in? <laughs> we are yeah, no, no. <laughs> almost half the time. Uh, how to make them techniques. American oh art of manliness rate your ratings choices we get and get the lesson so where do you want to start Ken I I guess right at the top how to make a choice Kenny how do you make choices Uh, you know flip a coin uh, magic eight ball Uh, so you're not that different from some of our political leaders (laughs) (laughs) just ask ask a stranger call a friend Um, you know I I I I I never really thought about what my Processes. What my process is. Okay. I mean, I can't even tell you how I finish the sentence. I th- okay. Well, I think it's interesting too. I think one thing that we don't understand when we make choices or when we do anything is uh, kind of how we communicate. So that old saying is another great book. It's called "What Colors Your Parachute." It's written by an Episcopal, Episcopalian minister who actually died at the age of ninety-five in two thousand seventeen or eighteen. And Google it. He's had it like it's routinely like nineteen or twenty. But it's in the top twenty books published every year for the since its inception. Sure. And his whole thing is this: is when you travel, they say put all your stuff on one side of the bed, all your money on the other side, throw out half the stuff and bring twice as much money. And what that means is when you find a job or anything that you do, get to know yourself. The more you know about yourself, the better off you'll be. I think uh, self awareness and and yeah. understanding yourself is like maybe one of the biggest uh, and most misunderstood thing yeah yeah so i guess that's the first point is how to make them better is get to know yourself i recommend this book but you can do it at home here's what you do it's called a parachute drill and you you take about it's almost like you follow the the maslow needs hierarchy so for example uh the who what when where why how you know what do you like to do where do you like to do it under what circumstances and really kind of take get to know that so for example if let's say i pick a pick a major any major? Any major. Uh, management. Okay. So for me, if I am a manager in... Now, pick a country that you wouldn't want to live in, which is ironic because for the longest time, the one country I did not want to live in was Japan. Wow. Yeah, ironic. I, w- I would pick China. Okay. Uh, so let's say that you really want to be a manager, but you're a manager in China for a 
what's a company that you hate or a, a, it's like an arms dealer I came to my mind oh in China yeah <laughs> I was thinking like Huawei okay okay perfect for example so if I wanted to be a manager but I was a manager in a country that I couldn't stand for a company that I couldn't stand I'm not going to be very happy right right likewise for me like I love environmental stuff and I now I love I love Japan now because my wife and family are here and I've Always had a love-hate relationship with it, but it's trending. And I'm here, love. right, Nick? That's that's the right answer. I'm not going to lie; it's a big part of it. Though. Yeah, no, I got friends and junk like that. So yeah, so for me, likewise, if I was a janitor at like a company that specialized in ocean cleanup and carbon capture in a city that I loved, I would love to do it. So get to know yourself better. Kind of do that drill. That's something that a lot of people don't take the time to think about. It's true. That's one thing. It's yeah. true. That everyone concentrates on like uh, the the skills. Or and I, the yeah, or they knowledge. think they they look at the ends. Like recently, I've, I've I love to branch out into like programming. What does that even mean? You know, do I really want to program, or would I rather explain why something might work to a fellow colleague? Sure. So really get to know yourself because I think sitting in front of a computer for ten hours a day, you know, might not be it. But something in the IT industry that might really, really appeal to me mm-hmm. or to you or to someone else. So that's right. one thing. And I, I think this will uh, go well with our discussion about psychology next week as well. Oh, why? Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's a lot of uh, matching with you know talking about like what your knowledge base is like what your skill sets are your experience Ah, and how those things like kind of group together to kind of guide you to where you should go like what competencies you have and and that that your level of fit with a particular job interesting Mm -hmm. so anyway another thing on that line too is they give a really good example which was i i I don't think the gentleman it was an example from his book so most of them are are nameless but a, a gentleman wanted to work he wanted to be a pilot but he was like legally blind yeah. So, you know, there goes that thing. But what could he do? He could work in an airport and he could get to know as much about every single plane and every single pilot. So even if you can't quite do it, uh, he is a very happy something um, just as what was his job? Either testing or even modifying planes that were grounded. I see. But just loved it. Really found mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. great meaning in that. Sure. So, yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid to try new things. Techniques. Now, this is interesting, and this kind of gets into the art of manliness, rate your ratings. I, I think Ken was just joking. Like, when you decided to move to Japan, did you do anything to decide? I mean, you couldn't have literally just, did you draw like a, a lot of people will draw a line on a piece of paper, pros and cons. <laughs> did you? <laughs> we, I did, I did, did not it? do that. Okay. Um, but it was just an opportunity that kind of fell in our laps mm. mm-hmm. and that my wife had. And, of course, I didn't want to just be separated from her for the foreseeable future so uh we just kind of had a little talk about it and decided yeah this is a really good thing for our future Hmm. uh because you know she like her career is very important for us so um so we decided to go ahead and and go after that opportunity recently you've been talking a lot about stoicism Mm -hmm. did acceptance or what are we looking for did you like japan at first no yeah, neither did I. <laughs> Both times I've been here, I didn't like Japan. At Why? First. It, it, just culture shock. You know, mm. you just you, like everything is uh, unfamiliar, and you things don't exactly turn out the way you think they will. Whether it's like a normal social interaction, or yeah. or just like a scenario that you had in your head, like right, being right. able to predict how something was going to turn out was not very good. Like when you change cultures, uh-huh. and so like I had, I kind of had a hard time. Uh, adapting to 
to the reality here, right? And then once I, I don't know, like maybe the, um, took a more stoic view of it and just decided that it, it's it's actually my choice how I deal with yeah. this different situation that kind of decides whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, for me it was I always wanted to move to Japan. I, I, I read Shogun when I was 16, and that was the first book I'd ever. It's a, quite a large novel by James Clavell. That is Clavel. a huge novel. Yeah, and it's really weird. We, my God, we had this thing in YHS called Channel One. What's YHS? Yankton High School. Oh, yeah, we had Channel One too. Yeah, yeah and it was they, just it was kind of controversial because basically any given school would get thousands of thousands of dollars worth of. I mean, you basically got a free TV monitor mm-hmm. in every single room, mm-hmm. and there would just be like a news broadcast yep, at it was the a same news broadcast time with day. thirty minutes of commercials each day. So you can you know you can bet advertisers were lined up for that one and thus the controversy. And even back then I was interested in stuff like that. So I made this big stink about it and da, 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 da. And my, my, he was our head football coach was like, man, you don't have to watch it. You could just wait in the other room. And so I did. And so for a year for, for what's that broadcast, like seven minutes a day or five yeah, minutes. Right. Exactly. I read five minutes worth of Shogun every single day. And I finished off in, and then of course I got into the book and read it on the weekends and junk like that. Just the but, other day you finished that. <laughs> I finished it last <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> And just what I did, though, was I kind of misread the book because it was interesting to me as really his point was how little social mobility there was and how downtrodden you were. And if you were a, um, you know, a vassal, you were a vassal. Or right. You were a samurai, but very if you were top a, down, very. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, hardcore, you know, uh, but, social caste system. Exactly. Yeah. But what I got out of it was, you know, here my, my joke was they also had giant cities um, you know, they had a city the size of Tokyo back then, which isn't as big as it is now, but there was no waste. Mm-hmm. There was no filth on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they viewed geisha or prostitution in a very open manner, as opposed to our ancestors at that time were running around eating rotten food, dying of food poisoning, and blaming it on witchcraft. Right. So I was just really fascinated by that, even though I think I kind of, maybe it uh, romanticized that area of Japan more than it should have been. Sure. Yeah, so... Anyways, completely. I mean, it's, it's an exotic place. It's very different than what you're familiar with. So yeah. it's, it's an easy, it's an easy target. Easy target. Like. So, anyways, got here. Couldn't wait to come here and hated it. I mean, it was just it was like I've said this before. It's like a museum. It's cold. It's beautiful, and you can't touch anything. And it's full of old people. And it's full of, nowadays. It's full of old people too. So it took me a while to kind of, uh, you know, get to like it and get to love it too. And I still have a love hate relationship with Japan too. I think you know as well. But sure. but the choices to get into that, I definitely drew a pros and a cons list. And the pros to me were, if I'm not, if I'm time to grow up, right? If you're going to have a wife and a kid and a baby, barring like a place like, you know, Taiwan, which is very first world in a different country, I'd much rather do it in Tokyo than in Beijing or oh, Shanghai. For sure. And I'm sure their medical system, and I lived in Beijing for a while and um, went to a doctor there and it was uh, quite an experience. It was, my God, it was like a, a lot of blood oh, wow. and just, uh, you know, small spaces of premium. So in a room, like a waiting room in America that might have 10 people, they'd have 30. Um, yeah, it just it didn't seem very hygienic. So so glad I made that choice. And what they said to do on Art of Manliness is to rate your rating. So again... So if, go go beyond just the pro-con, but also yeah. give so again, waiting, like a, give ex- a weight to exactly. each of the so things. Getting, but again, you have to know yourself and have to know what's important, right? So for example, if we take a pro and a con, like let's say we're going to move to... Singapore. That's a nice one. Okay, so what's a pro of moving to Singapore? Uh, it's also another very clean. Clean. I thought yeah. so too. What's a con? 
What is I don't know. I've never been to Singapore. What's what's a bad thing to me it's, it's very authority authoritarian authori- oh that's true right they're, they're very they're very like top no down. bubble gum yeah yeah no, no gum there. no gum i mean it's a death sentence to have marijuana you know those types of things so what you want to do is 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 again look at your list because what people do sometimes is they'll make a pro and a con but they won't follow through with which is the most important to them so if you've got cleanliness and then maybe you've got a job and then maybe you've got uh you know a hobby the minus there are maybe it's too crowded hmm. um oh crowded yes yeah uh should, maybe it's too exotic whatever look at the list and then rate your rating so instead of just a pro and a con there's more pros than cons what if having your hobby for example i love brazilian jiu-jitsu and one of the reasons i moved to japan was to do brazilian jiu-jitsu the home of brazilian jiu-jitsu found out that it's very difficult to train here had i known that I, that would have definitely affected my decision. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it's available, but <laughs> it's good luck. It, well, it's hard to get to, and just where I live in junk like that. So, yeah. for example, if that's really important to you, then instead of the score being three to three, it should be five to three. Right. And you can actually give them numeric values. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just such a smarter way of doing things. Sure. Yeah. And, and like in, in that case, like it's not just knowing yourself, but it's also knowing really understanding the context of the situation, right? Like, yes. for example, before you move to Japan, you have no idea that it's going to take you an hour to go from your house to Ikebukuro, where the, the jiu-jitsu school is. And that's literally, not Ikebukuro, but that's pretty much what happened. Right. So I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about my own experience. Oh, like okay, every, yeah. Like twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a more than three-hour commitment yeah, to yeah. go to a one-hour Jiu-jitsu thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, literally this, mine was in, when I lived in Taipei, I could, uh, work a couple different jobs. I'd go in the morning and it was literally like, like you'd go to the gym. So I'd go to jiu-jitsu, see my boys. We'd roll for an hour. I'd eat a small lunch and then go to my, my evening gig. Yeah. It was just what you did. It was so easy to get to now. Yeah. You see that three, four hour time commitment really, really hurts things. Sure. And you know, another thing too, that might fit in is maybe you really love uh, like to me, I would probably rather live in Singapore. I love cleanliness. You know, we have the same job, but it's much smaller. Just mm-hmm. the size. Sure. I've always preferred big little countries that you could get your arms around. I love Minneapolis. I didn't care for Manhattan. I love Taipei. I, I'd still prefer Taipei to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so, I prefer a lot of places to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just you know, getting to know yourself is so important, and then rate your ratings. Don't forget to put a number. Like to, a weight. To, a weight, yeah, yeah weighted yeah. measure, yeah, as opposed to just... Um, and that was what, kind of what they said on that on the Art of Manliness podcast, is think of how much the world's changed, but how little our decision-making has changed. That's right. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be much. Even if you just do the same pros and cons, weight the ratings to make it a much more viable way to do it. That's kind of the hack. Doing well for time. Last one. Ooh, boy. Let's save choices we regret because we can go on that one forever. This one. Get, get the, the lesson. lesson. So here's an interesting one. Speaking of jiu-jitsu, we went to our first tournament. The boys from Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Taipei. I think it was called Taiwan Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Very imaginative name. But we went to one of our first tournaments was in Japan. About 15 or 20 of us went. And we won a combined like 10 matches. Wow. And of course, those 10 matches were won by two guys. Yeah. My buddy Vaughn Blood Anderson, who later went on to fight in the UFC and in, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the rival organization, Bellator. Yeah, he's quite a famous MMA guy. And then this 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 blue belt, um, can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was a, a he, Taipei has quite a strong judo element as well, judo oh, culture. Interesting. So he's the next judo player. So of course he was for a white belt, he was he was quite good. And then afterwards, 
they, as they do in a lot of uh, uh, Olympic events and international sporting competitions, they give prizes for you. You wrestle for first and second. Bronze is just the loser of the second and third match. I see. And we're back. So we had a minor technical difficulty. Ran out of juice there. We're yeah. back. Our juden ga nakunarimashita. Mm, say. And <laughs> it's my fault. No, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, you were talking about. Uh, you were talking ah. about uh, jujitsu tournaments. Jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah. We went. We got our our behinds handed to us. And, and where was this at? This was at the judokan, the the foundation, the, one of the most famous like. It's the size of an aircraft carrier. Wow. Yeah. And it's really interesting because for whatever reason, jiu-jitsu is not in the Olympics, and it really should be. And there are international, like, uh, you know, Dubai, Mundials in Brazil, huge, huge international judo, or sorry, jiu-jitsu competitions. But, you know, for some reason, it's not in the Olympics. And so for the life of me, I don't know why. One knock on it is that by its very nature— it's sort of laid back, so the coach can be right by the square. But in Japan, it was well-organized. You knew you got exact schedule. And actually, if you look at the way the sport is ref, to me, especially with the new judo rules in the Olympics, hmm. it's just so ambiguous. Jiu-jitsu, it's really easy to get points. So um, anyways, we went there, and we all lost. And then afterwards, <laughs> I heard them call my name. I thought it was a mistake because I had uh, – the opening was a was a, was a draw or a uh, shoot yeah drop when you don't have to fight and then i lost the next one so for me because of the size i am small bracket draw mm-hmm. win two matches i would have won that was, was my goal of course right yeah didn't but because even though i went and didn't win any matches by the virtue of numbers i got up a, a third place bronze finish well they, congratulations yeah so they called my name and i did not go up and get my trophy because i didn't win anything i didn't feel like i deserve it but my friend uh i guess i can say his name bobby We'll call all our friends Bobby. Yeah. We'll so not, not Chewy this time. Yeah. Bobby. Bobby John happens to be a British villain whose name isn't really Bobby. He said, no, I got mine. And I was like, interesting. I, why? He's like, you know, it's a memory. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of the time I went, reminds me of the time that I lost. And you got a good story about this one. You got a good story about it. So oh, and this year medal? This is the time that I went. Yeah, I didn't just even like, win anything. And this and, gentleman and is, is so his Brazilian jiu-jitsu career. He's now a black belt. He's gone to and won international competitions. And, you know, so... Yeah, so that just made me think. Obviously, another thing that he did after we lost that first day, we had to go back the next day for I think it was Nogi, mm-hmm. and he kind of really rallied the troopers. Like, all right, look, we all lost. This sucks, but what's the lesson? So, kind of one of the other points about choices is get the lesson. That makes sense, and that might be the only thing sometimes you can get from bad choices, and it's worth discussing. But really quickly, Ken, do you? What about participation trophies? Man, it um... are there because I. First I was yes, then I was no. Now I'm kind of. I really don't have an again. opinion about it. Yeah. I, I maybe my time there was, it was at the beginning of participation trophies. Yeah, yeah. And there were some sports that I participated in uh, when I was just a, a wee lad and came away with some participation trophies. Just you know, just it it is. It's just a memory. You're like, you know, you can you can take a look at them and you can say. Oh look, I've got these seven participation. Well, not maybe they're not all participation trophies, but some of them are, and some of them are real trophies for like things that you actually did. Right. But like you can at least look at it and count and say like, look, I did I did soccer for seven years, mm. right? Mm. Even though like it maybe wasn't a, an important milestone in my life, like I can still look you at mean that. Doing soccer for seven years wasn't. 
No, it, I totally wasn't. It was, it was like life. one of those things like uh, you have to do it because you, you go to this small Christian school and if you're a boy, you're just going to play yeah. soccer, even yeah. if you don't like soccer, right? Right. So uh, you you might end up with a bunch of participation trophies and you're just like, well, that that's a thing that I did. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, as far as bookmarks go. It's yeah, fine. you know, and I thought that for the longest time with an Amy Marin, who's talked about her many times on the show. Love, I'm also reading her book. It's called uh, 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do just said in one of her prior books, it was about parenting, how bad they are, or maybe how bad they have become. Because I think this too, maybe we're old enough that we were, like you said, we're right on the edge. Mm -hmm. I think we were right on the edge of coaches not being abusive. Oh, that's true. So like, like, well, Phil, Phil Hartman, Phil, God bless his, God rest his soul. Phil Jackson, the basketball coach, there's a big difference between coaches of his generation. He called them like the Vietnam generation. Mm. These are gentlemen now who are probably in their seventies or eighties. Versus, you know, their coaches. Uh, my my football coach, Mad Max Hawk, the winningest coach in national history, won two hundred games in, in what? Uh, f- um, football, football, high school, okay. any level. So when you play eight games a season and you win two hundred of them over That's a bunch, it's, it's a it's a bunch, right? He'd yell at you like crazy because in his mind he was saving your life. He was in the Korean War, right? So maybe, you know, I don't. Maybe I don't know enough about participation trophies. Maybe uh-huh. they're just buttering them up too much. But yeah, in my mind, I don't see anything wrong with like a bookmark. And actually, I, re- I wish I would had that medal now because it is a good memory. Now I have to look at his. So I'm also okay. But but you know you, you yeah. still remember it. It's not yeah, like, I do. I do. And it would have been like nice you don't have the story. Yeah, you still do. Right. When is participate? When are participation trophies too much? I'm trying to think of an example. Like, um, it's it's just basically the I think the message that people who don't like participation trophies are making is that uh, just because you participated doesn't mean you actually achieved anything. Okay. Right. And just telling everybody that showing up is good enough is not good enough. Okay. Okay. So for example, if I would have gone to that jujitsu tournament and done nothing, not even entered and lost, right? Then it's a bad participation trophy. Um, as opposed to maybe or like just in that situation mm. uh you i don't think no, that, that makes was, i don't sense. think that was really a participation trophy but let's just say let's just say like maybe your your soccer team was uh zero for ten or whatever okay and then everybody gets a trophy right okay because they participated they went out there and they they hustle hustle hustled and right. they did their best but like they just didn't do anything right. right like they didn't move the needle in any performance okay. way uh-huh. um and if everybody co- walks away with a, a participation trophy and we're all patting ourselves on the back for what we did like mm. well, what did we do like uh that, that i think that's the thing but um you know it i i, I think people really blow this up too much honestly huh. yeah okay. like i either way like do, do it or, or don't do it Oh, you mean like you're disinterested, not from like a a boring standpoint. You just don't think psychology... What do psychologists say about participation? I don't... Interesting. I I haven't seen any uh, data or or published studies about it, so I I, I can't really say. Okay. I I guess to me, I think we have a good definition right there is, yeah, if you move the needle in no way, shape, or form, like if you... Yeah, if you entered a jiu-jitsu tournament and did nothing and got some kind of a medal, Mm -hmm. then that's bad. Hmm, Maybe. Hmm. But if you enter and lose, in my mind, that's it's a bookmark. And the most important thing, the last part, is get the lesson. So yeah, like so, like what what would what would you, you go learn first? From that? <laughs> well, I just I learned from that as I uh, we sat down. My biggest thing is it. It's really weird. It took me a while to get good at jujitsu because I was 
lucky enough that in Asia I was bigger than a lot of my opponents. I should have won easily. Yeah, you got I, a weight advantage. Yeah, height advantage. advantage. Yeah. So, yeah. but what it was is I just wasn't using it for. The biggest thing it turned out to me was one I had to. I, a friend of mine, that same Vaughn guy, gave me a book about uh, mental toughness, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of it. The other thing was I needed more cardio. And the third thing was I wasn't eating enough, which is easy to do. You forget to bring food and junk like that. So then I changed that routine. And then the next tournament I was in, actually, I won everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was wow. a, like a profound thing. But what about this thing? What's a choice that you regret? Oh, my God. And we'll finish with that. Choice we regret in the lesson, which you give one. It can be small if you're too embarrassed or literally yeah, that could be an episode. <laughs> <laughs> How about something smaller, funny then? We'll say like the big ones. Man, I, got, I, ju- I, ju- I don't like all the things that I regret are like serious regrets. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so like when, when we talk about like choices that we regret, um, you know, things that I regret might be um, monkey torture, <laughs> monkey, like all the years I spent in monkey torture. That was a, that was not, that was clearly a career that was not going anywhere. Oh, I've got a Lulu by the way. Um, but, um, you know, I, I wish like when I was in school, I would have, push myself harder in, oh, that's in certain things, yeah. right? Like, uh, I, I wish I would have, uh, I've never really stretched. Like, I, I don't really know my limits in mathematics, for example. Uh. And I should have, I should, I should have tried harder and, and figured that out. Cause I think just the, the math going forward in my, like in any career, whether, it, whether it's management or psychology uh. or engineering, like it just leaves more doors open for you, mm, you know. That's true. Mm-hmm. And the lesson? Uh, the lesson is, uh, you know, always do your best, <laughs> even if you don't really know why you're doing something at the time. Like you know, the, everyone always says, like, oh, why do I need algebra? Like, right. I'm never going to use this. We have calculators, and and uh, Steve Jobs gave us an iPhone, so uh, why do I? I don't need to know any of this. Yeah. Well, maybe you you actually do because the the underlying principles and yep. the, the knowledge and the skills that you get out of this can give you more choices in yeah. the future as regarding what you want to do. My first job, I don't know if I should say the company or not, but it was in the printing industry. It's kind of a, but you're printing on like, like gifts and, and things like that, that goes to a type of fiat currency. Okay. And um, you had to base one of the sizes on the smallest dimension in that pattern i understand so it's mm-hmm. x times 0.9 and that's algebra and if i wouldn't have had algebra you can get fined by retail companies because your products don't match and all this other stuff so sure. yeah, it wasn't much but it was something yeah mm-hmm. for me like you say several um besides personal stuff sometimes not even a lesson but what can you do to live make an amends so like i really feel bad like when i first got married and first became a father I know I was distracted. I know I was out partying too much. I know I was trying to like burn the candle. My joke is like at all three ends. Right. Um, so the way You're I find trying to find another end to, to, to burn, to burn it, or, or I'll burn five candles at both ends. I'll show you. Um, there was no work life balance. And, and so I, I, re- I regret that. So the lesson is I can, not even a lesson, but I, I can make an amends. Um, this is a, I really regret this when I was in high school, very, very homogeneous state is South Dakota. One of the opposing players for an opposing city called Mitchell, South Dakota, happened to be from Jamaica. It was like an exchange student. He right. was black. Mm-hmm. And that was recently on Saturday Night Live, which I'd loved, was the Eddie Murphy skit of Buckwheat. Oh, right. So we, not to be mean, but just, you know, because we thought it was You were just with unfamiliar with people that were different And from just, you. yeah, tone deaf. And of course, I don't, I'm not a racist at all, but 
we started calling in buckwheat hmm. and we got a talking to yeah. and didn't find out till later that that's a really, really racist thing to say. Of course, we had no idea. We thought it was just funny. Right. Yeah. So I definitely regret that. The lesson is try to be more culturally aware of things and try to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But um, Good. I, I think that's a, that's a great lesson. Yeah, that's just something I think kind of for everybody. So don't yell. Well, and recently, too, there's I don't want to try not to, to time to be, to be evergreen. <laughs> you, so, you don't want to anchor this to any particular, to any particular time. Yeah. So like I heard there was a coach that told his players they were playing like thugs and he got in trouble and he had to re 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 neg and say, Oh no, I didn't say he had to walk it back. I had to walk it back. And he bit. didn't say, oh, I didn't say thugs. I said slugs. Oh, but wow. in my mind, I, I know it's good, but I mean, thug, you can't say thug anymore. So I, I, I go both ways. I'm also thinking like, yeah, mistakes are what make us. That's true. So if you sit around and live in the past and like, oh, I regret saying that in high school, you know, I'd never get past high school. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's a great book. It's called How to Be Perfect. And it's it's the, the book for kids. Just have a good, good, uh, good forgetfulness button. Well, oh, no, but the whole thing with that book is like, get up, go to the bathroom. Do not spill when you go to the bathroom. Lay down. Basically, the point is it's impossible to be perfect. So, yeah. But yeah, be more culturally aware. Learn a little bit more about math. But yeah. So let's recap. We actually talked about the subject today. What? A miracle. Yeah. Uh, book reports, white Christmas, uh, seed BD oil is going to be in another follow-up episode. Malcolm Gladwell's new book, read it, but beware it's not uh, fun. Uh, choices, how to make them, techniques, rate your ratings, weight the choices. So don't just make a list, make a 21st century list where the choices that you know rate. And of course, none of that matters if you don't get to know yourself. Participation trophies are okay if you actually participate. That's not true. Winning or losing trophies, but you actually have to participate. And, you know, get the lesson. We all fail, nobody's perfect. If you learn something, sometimes that's the best, but you got to move on. All right. Great job. No, thank you. Thank you, Ken, as always. Uh, Sorry for the the, uh, uh, interruption there, but that happens. Yeah, Mm -hmm. good. Next week, psychology. You want to talk about psychology? Definitely. I'd like to talk about about functional aspects of psychology. Let's call it psychological CrossFit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, like, in the past, I'm not psychology what daisies think of spring. Like, how can I make a, like a, some hacks, 98 or sorry, 90, 10, 80, 20 rules for basic psychological things I can do in my life to make better choices and to make myself happier. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Awesome. All right. I think too, like one thing we, I might put it in the, um, the show notes, but in a way we call this devil's advocate. One thing I like about Ken, in a way we're sort of an odd couple. It's mm-hmm. so like, I thought it'd be really funny for the show. It's like, you know, what was clinical psychologist and a former MMA fighter have in common? You'll see on the Devil's Advocates. I, I do, I'm really glad that you have that background because I can shed some light on it, but not as much as you. So, indeed, awesome. Uh, and I, I've got I've got some resources to give on that regard. But cool. I can't wait to talk about psychology. Yeah, mm. awesome. Take care. Thanks. Peace right. out, everybody. Bye. Stay green.